0: Hello and welcome to Making Creativity Pay, the podcast where we talk to people in creative industries about how they promote and market their work. My name is Dan Barnett and this episode I'm talking to Charlotte and Ellie of award-winning digital marketing agency Waggater Digital about how individuals and businesses can make the most of digital marketing. We'll be talking about organic and paid social media, digital PR, finding the social media platform that fits both you and your potential customers or fans and a lot more. We started off with a quick introduction.
1: I'll kick us off then. So I'm Ellie... I kind of head up our social media team here at Waggada Digital. So we're a digital marketing agency. We've got specialisms in SEO, social media, web dev, PR. So we kind of look at the whole digital marketing landscape and then
2: work out strategically how we can help our clients through our different specialisms. I'm Charlotte Stevens. So I'm a digital marketing manager at Waggada Digital. So working with various different clients managing their accounts. And yeah, I work on design aspects as well. And also our famous podcast. <laughs> famous. but <Bob. Yeah. laughs>
0: Fantastic. If someone came to you and said, I want to improve my sales, increase my visibility, all that kind of stuff. You know, where, where, where do you even start these days?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a big question, right? I think one of the most important things to think about is where your audience is spending time. So you know, for example if you're targeting a younger audience say like 13 year olds i think maybe like snapchat is a good place for them so really considering where you'll be speaking and targeting those people
2: is a f- really important first step yeah. me <laughs> <Jill>. <laughs> 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 you yeah i think uh- as Eddie said, I think it's important to determine your audience as a starting point and then carrying out a lot of research to see, as Eddie said, like where they are, what they're listening to, what they're reading, what social channels they're using, because it's different for different audiences, as well as it depends what products or what services you're trying to promote. So different tactics can work well for different brands.
0: And so, you know, if, if someone said, well, I've, I've no idea where my audience is, you know, wh- where would you kind of say, why would you kind of recommend they kind of start? W- would you recommend kind of almost kind of surveying people or, or trying to reach out to customers or, or fans or whoever it is and trying to get that or testing the different channels and, and seeing how responses go?
1: I think with everything, you probably want to start with a bit of an audit of because you've probably got something online to begin with. So like, is that working for you? And therefore, if not, and then you can literally just almost go to Google, do some competitor research, look at what other people are doing and where they're spending time. And if they're doing that effectively, then that might be somewhere that you would want to also spend time. In terms of like how to choose a service to focus on out of like all of our different digital marketing specialisms, kind of ideally you'd want them all to work in tandem. I don't know, Charlotte, if you would recommend a certain place for someone to start?
2: I think how we do it initially is you carry out like a strategy audit. So as Ellie was mentioning, it's really good to do some competitor research, some competitor analysis, and find out what's working for them, what maybe isn't working, and then putting together a kind of strategic plan of things that you think that you could accomplish and do easily, as well as what will work best for you or your brand or product. It can be quite difficult without doing an audit trying to decipher what service or what tactic is best to use because there are so many like SEO, social media, content writing, email newsletters, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, it is definitely worth looking at competitors as well, seeing what they're doing.
1: Yeah. And potentially, if you're quite small to start off with, maybe it's best to play to your strengths. So, if it's you know, copywriting that you're good at, go go down that route. If you like being in front of the camera and have a big personality, go to social media and spend time on TikTok. So definitely play to your strengths because that's when you can be your most authentic self and that's what's going to resonate with people.
0: You kind of talk about email and, and social media. I mean, would you kind of say to people, the, the kind of saying is, you know, don't build your house on shift in sands, you know, with, you know, you've seen what's happened with Twitter, that kind of stuff. I mean, would you kind of recommend as much as possible to kind of try and own that relationship rather than kind of rent it through various social media channels? Social is a lot faster, it's a lot more immediate, but you know, you lose your place in the algorithm for whatever reason or someone changes their terms of services, bang, you know, you you could be you could be, you know, run out of town before you know it.
1: Mm, I think it all kind of feeds into the funnel. So yes, an email might be a really good like that by that point you've got a relationship with this person they you've got their email you've been sending them emails and they might then convert convert on an email you send but you can't neglect all of those other avenues for reaching them in the first place so like a a social media a few videos have reached them that's how they first found out about you or they find your blog online when they're looking for some advice on these kind of things so yeah you can't really just always rely on that final like conversion tactic you have to think of all the awareness and the consideration as well.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say as well, using socials, you'll reach a much wider audience as well. Yeah. And I think that's obviously like, I think a better tactic to try and entice people in originally, initially. And then once you've narrowed that funnel down a little bit, you can then move on to email marketing and target those specific people that you want to target.
0: And in terms of, you know, if if someone's got a reasonably low budget, where would you kind of push them towards and I know he, like you said he obviously you know the answer you know Alice the answer to nearly everything is it depends I, I totally <laughs> yeah, I don't to, I don't to, totally get that but I mean f- from what you found if if someone said you know it's, it's in the hundreds rather than the thousands for a budget so they just want to kind of test the water see where it's going where would you kind of say well you, you'll get a good response or at least you'll understand whether something works or not with a relatively small budget
1: mm. to be honest I think there's a lot to be said for like The one thing out of all of these things that is free is social media. So utilize that platform as much as you can. Like the, if you're, if you've decided that TikTok's your avenue, you know, you're not spending money being on there, but it takes time. So, but go in with like your foot, put your full investment in it, make like multiple videos and then you will see success. But if any of these avenues, no matter how small or large of a budget, if you're not going in like fully committing to it, then you're not going to see the success you want particularly.
0: Yeah. And in, t- in terms of paid ads, so on, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. whatever, whatever it might be, are, are there some that you kind of say, well, you know, if you're not going to put in at least five grand, don't, don't bother? Are there some you can kind of just gently kind of, you know, yeah, chip I'd, into?
1: I'd, I'd say Facebook, Instagram, so meta ads are a lot more accessible. They tend to be cheaper than LinkedIn is notoriously quite high. It is coming down a bit, so it's worth considering. But yeah, a lot of people would kind of start out on on the meta side of things where you can get a feel for things, but then you can do some really good targeting on linkedin so worth you know when you go into any of these platforms you can start putting in your targeting and how much money you might want to spend and you get some forecasting results so you can see if i put x amount in i'll reach this many people so it it would be worth someone having a look to see what the platform thinks it can get
2: achieved for you based on your targeting
0: charlie would you kind of agree is 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 meta the place to go to kind of get an initial feel without kind of breaking the bank
2: I think so. And I think especially if you are a startup, or if you don't have too much experience with paid advertising, then yeah, I think that would be the best place to go. And I think it also does. I know we keep talking about it, but it does depend on your audience as well. Like if your audience are using those apps, then definitely. But if you find that they're not, then obviously don't target
0: that. Generally, how how do you kind of work? Does does a business tend to come to you and say we want a kind of complete overhaul, or do they kind of say, "Right, we know X, Y, and Z, and we want to go for for this specific thing," or they kind of quite open to everything?
2: I think it depends. We have like a wide variety of different clients that come to us. So some clients, bigger clients, might come to us and they have like a whole marketing department. So we'll be liaising with the marketing manager, and they'll tend to know what service they would like to pursue because they've got experience and they know about seo they know about social media and they know where they might need some additional help but then again smaller companies come to us and just say we want to be more visible can you make it happen and in that case that's when we would bring in a strategy and find out the best tactic for them to increase their visibility find out what will work for them but yeah it is kind of like a shopping list almost you can put it to them and say this will do this this tactic will do this and again it does depend on budget um but yeah that's kind of how we work ellie i don't know if you had anything to add
1: i was just going to say i think sometimes people come to us thinking that they want one service and then we will always take a look at basically every marketing avenue that they're doing just to see like is this the best place, place for you? How can we help you? And often even kind of in the early days, we'd be suggesting like, oh no, Google Ads, that's not going to work for you, but your SEO could really do with some work or oh, we should get you on social media. Often opening their eyes a bit to what more could be done and the potential that there is and then getting like, working with them
2: that way. Definitely agree with that, Ellie. And I think as well, mm-hmm. Like our services tend I think Ellie mentioned it before as well. Our services tend to work very well in tandem. So it might be that we start with SEO, but then and we increase the visibility and it's all looking really good. But then maybe there's, I don't know, brand search is down or people aren't searching so much for that specific product. So then we might introduce paid ads as well to boost that up again. So it all kind of goes in waves as well.
0: Mm. Do you find, you know, kind of one of the one of the great things about any kind of you know, online advertising is the, the speed of response in terms of, you know, you'll you'll be able to see and to be able to iterate on, on how things are working or, or not working.
2: Yeah. So our reporting tools, like using Google Analytics, GA4, as it's known now, is amazing because you can see in real time when people are on your website, you can see what pages they're visiting, um, if they have submitted any form submissions or anything yeah and we do monthly reporting and quarterly reporting for clients as well so looking back over a period and comparing it to previous it's really nice to be able to see different trends and sometimes like across all clients we can see a certain trend and yeah it's really interesting i think It's actually one of
1: the most important aspects of what we do is going back to like we set KPIs and like looking at is this performing how we thought it would? Why is it not? What can we do to boost that? And I I see like, as Charlotte mentioned, if we work with in-house marketing teams, for example, they might say like, oh, I really thought this post would perform well, like, or I like this format, let's do it again. But actually when you strip it back, that hasn't performed well. So what you perceive to be good is not what your audience perceives to be good. And that's why it's just so important to constantly be referring back to these analytics and identifying what steps need to be taken to improve basically
0: if you didn't have enough channels already obviously threads has come up now i mean how have you how have you found that so far with with brands
1: yeah so it's interesting one because as it currently stands everyone has moved their following from instagram right so where People would have had quite a different following on Instagram and Twitter, for example. It's now everyone has shifted from Instagram. So it'll be interesting to see as time goes on if those audiences are looking for the same kind of content and if they stay connected to those brands on the platform. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's it's not every day that a new platform comes out. Well, feels like it is a lot these days, but you know, one with this traction, you know, this went from zero to a thousand you know, so quickly. So yeah, we'll just be monitoring that while it as
2: it kind of develops and also we were actually talking about this yesterday digital pr so a lot of journalists or prs actually use twitter to find Mm. any requests so using the hashtag journal request you can see what people are looking for what stories what features and we were talking about it yesterday we do wonder if that's going to be transferred over to threads as well because we think it's like it's a similar conversation, but yeah, we haven't seen it yet. But we're keeping our eye out. <laughs> mm.
1: It does. Sorry, I was just going to say it does feel like a natural next step because it is such a similar platform. But it's like we're not even really seeing people use hashtags, and people who don't post multiple times a day aren't doing as well as people who are, which is very similar to Twitter. So yeah, just interesting to see how that continues to develop.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Kind of obviously, the, the look and feel of Threads is mm. Twitter, but the audience is generally coming from Instagram. Yeah. And obviously they are quite they are quite different. Which one do you think will will play out? Do you think Threads will just kind of become a different Twitter or will it will it move towards Instagram?
1: Ooh, good okay. question. I think I think it might become a different Twitter because there is such an appetite to move away from twitter but since elon musk and everyone's opinion of it now is so negative that i think part of its success was perfect timing with all of that so people wanted that space of like the old twitter so i think it will become
2: more of a twitter platform do you disagree charlotte i'm just laughing so i feel like it's famous last words i don't know
1: <laughs> it's like tomorrow they yeah.
2: <laughs> no i think it's very true what you said i think there was such an appetite for it because the conversation was all about Twitter and how different it is and how much it's changed. And yeah, I think that's why more and more people are signing up to threads, but we'll see.
0: Kind of one of the other things I want to talk about is you've got your, your ginwag podcast. I mean, how, yeah. how have you found podcasting and kind of promoted that?
1: Yeah, it's been good. It's, it's been an experience. Like it was pretty daunting our first episode i wouldn't say either of us charlotte are particularly like super confident in front of like a microphone or a camera but it's been good and i think like when we we when we pitched the idea to wag like the idea was obviously to promote our us as a digital marketing agency but also kind of us as people behind the brand and really humanize it and i think where with a lot of podcasts these days where they actually see a lot of success. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, is through like clips on online rather than strictly just listening to the podcast on Spotify, for example. Mm.
2: So yeah, we've definitely been angling that way a bit. And I think it's just been really interesting Like the conversations we've had, and I think looking at current trends, like what's happening in the digital marketing world, and just being like hot on the next thing, and just talking about that, and sharing our opinion as an agency. Yeah, as as Eddie was saying, also from an employer branding point of view, like we want people to see what Wagga Digital is like, what it's all about. Yeah, and hopefully we manage to. show that <laughs> yeah hopefully we don't disgrace the name <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and do you kind of see that as something for businesses to use as well so you kind of see an a awful lot law, you know like i said with you know pretty much every comedian's got a podcast these days you know yeah. and i think you know, half, you know probably half of people or more who've gone to the Edinburgh Fringe will have a podcast of some sort mm. but do, do you think do you see that as part of the marketing mix
1: absolutely yeah i think i mean since 2020 it's just continued to grow right there's such an appetite for it i think it's yeah, it's I think for businesses, it's good. It's less daunting than just like trying to record straight to the camera if you wanted to be on social media. Right. And it really does help to humanize brand. And that's something that we really, really try to do with all of our clients. it shows the authentic, real
2: people behind the brand, which is really important. And I think as well, it it can present you as an expert. Like you talking about your industry and talking about the latest news or whatever, and your opinion, like you'll just show your expertise. And I think people really value that.
0: You almost don't have to make the podcast for someone to listen to the whole thing. I think it's like you said in eclipse clips mm. it, it's just that it's there and you know ideally you'd want everyone to listen to every single second of every episode but you know that's that's not gonna but because you've got it there a you've got the long tail it'll it'll be there forever pretty much and also yes like you said it's it's easy to kind of clip things and put them in social media and so you've got that kind of thing that you know it's not just some half hour podcast that sits somewhere it can be mm. you know a, a blog piece it can be half a dozen different clips that that you then get used
1: yeah a hundred percent and that's something that we push as well with clients is repurposing content so like so frequently people would let's say do half an hour podcast and let it sit on spotify and not do anything whereas what you want to be doing is clipping that making it into a blog sending it out in your emails as you said just really utilizing it in so many different ways
0: and in in terms of you know, we were talking about, you know, repurposing and, and contacting that kind of stuff. Do you find with, with the different platforms, there's kind of different expectations as to what becomes spam and what just becomes reposting? Because, you know, something like Twitter, you know, you post it and if it doesn't take off in, you know, five minutes, probably less it's going nowhere. Mm. And, you know, most people haven't seen it. And so you you can repost a lot, whereas others, you know, it'll look a lot more like, you know, you're constantly hitting people with something.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, definitely true what you said about Twitter. I think, yeah, everything in moderation, you you don't want to look spammy. But having said that, there's different ways you can be resharing it. So it doesn't have to be every time. Listen to my podcast. It can be like, well, we've already said a clip. Or like di- just different formats basically or if you've got a blog you know share a quote from someone in that blog with a picture of them share the link to the blog share something else so it's kind of thinking of different ways to promote
2: it subtly that's not always like the push 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 yeah. yeah and also remembering that like each social channel does have a different audience so if you're pushing something on LinkedIn you'll want to write a really professional caption and then on Instagram it'd be different TikTok might be a bit more humorous so yeah I think like repurposing you can do it in different styles as well
0: and one thing that often gets mentioned now is you know sharing links within posts some will say don't mention you know whether it's Substack or whatever else in in twitter don't put it everyone will be well link in bio go to my link Mm. tree but obviously you then that's almost the opposite of what you would normally say because then you've introduced an extra step i mean have you found with clients that you know is it well half the people see it three times as many people then click because it's easier to go through
1: yeah to be honest i I don't (laughs) i don't know if this is controversial but i don't really believe in the whole linking comments thing entirely because like i haven't seen a huge impact in posts when i do like linkedin specifically i think they're like a huge culprit for people thinking that you have to leave a link in the comments and i personally haven't seen it suit like really really affect the performance of the post i think if there is good content in there and people engage with it then it will still do fine. I know it's so tricky on platforms like Instagram, where you're not allowed to post a capture a link in the comments. I think that is a huge bar- barrier. And I really do resent Instagram for doing that to us. But yeah, it's, it's kind of unsurprising that on Instagram, an extra step is added. So therefore, there would be less conversions. And I think that's when you have to take a step back and look at what each platform is designed to do so instagram instagram reels especially for example great for awareness less good for driving traffic to the website so you've got to look at your your, look at your goals and if it is traffic driving then maybe
0: instagram's not for you charlotte would you agree
2: yes yeah definitely
0: (laughs) sorry a bit quiet on that one (laughs) no no because yeah you know people I've, i've seen people will post something and they have an image of their Substack page, you know, but not the link to the Substack because they're so worried that Twitter will just come, kind of completely throttle it. And I don't know, like you said, whether people have got overly paranoid about, you know, that's the thing, if you send a tweet out and you get, you know, two likes, you go oh, I'm being shadow banned or whatever yeah, or reality, yeah. no, It's just, you know, yeah, there's a million yeah. and one other things out and nobody particularly cares. Exactly.
1: That's the thing, like there is a million things that feels like it's working against you and I think, especially with a platform like Twitter, I think consistency is key. Like, All of the algorithms want to see you showing up because it means you're on their platform right so the more consistent you are without overdoing it then the more your posts should gain more traction
0: yeah and on that i mean how much would you recommend kind of scheduling posts versus being being a bit more real and being there to kind of react Mm. if something happens
1: yeah that's a good question i think I th- I'd say 50-50, to be honest. I think they're both important and they both have a place. And for, the, for the, I mean, everyone's busy, right? No one has time to just be reactive all the time. So I think it's important to have those more standardized posts that are ready and scheduled to go out. And then reactive content is a real chance to jump into the conversation that's already happening and get yourself in front of people that when they're already in- engaged in a topic. And I think this is where like digital PR and social work really well together.
2: What Ellie said about time-saving is as well like scheduling is obviously great for that but yeah definitely from a digital pr point of view like if something comes into the news that you think you or your service can jump on or like have a different spin off of it you definitely need to be reactive on that and you need to be as quick as you can to get your post out there and be part of that conversation
0: yeah. And so in terms of digital PR, what are your kind of hints or kind of go-to things to do?
2: So we do a lot of reactive digital PR. So as I mentioned earlier, looking on Twitter for any journal requests, We also look at upcoming features in various different online publications. So I would say, again, like do a bit of competitor research, see where your competitors might be featured and think if you'd be suitable in there, try and contact journalists directly. A lot of them leave like their email addresses on articles that they write. So yeah, try and contact them directly and yeah, just try and try and sell yourself or your brand in your story and really tell your story as well like you want to be authentic you want to show what your brand is all about and you want people to resonate with that Ellie sorry I was just gonna
1: say what what was it you were telling me yesterday about when you send an email to someone you you want to get like everything in your top subject line yeah so much coming through that you need to stand out
2: yeah so I think I can't remember the statistic I actually wrote but it was something like journalists get over a hundred email pitches a day so when writing your pitch where you want to be featured you need to make sure that your subject line really stands out and then your whole story is summed up in the first sentence or two of the email so that it really captures their attention makes them want to read more and then you can elaborate further below but yeah it is such a difficult and competitive landscape but if you do get a reply then yeah it's the best feeling ever
0: (laughs) (laughs) I see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, th- those kind of things fit in really well with you know with the Edinburgh Festival because there's like it's three thousand three hundred different acts wow. at the perform- you know in one you know relatively small city, and so yes, you you kind of see people saying you know that they they they're going to review various shows you know who should I go and see, and then all of a sudden everyone just kind of jumps on top of them with you know come see my show, come see my show, mm. and you know it's it's so hard to then kind of be oh yes I should see that one rather than the other two hundred.
1: Yeah, I think maybe that's where something like having a social media presence could then work on your side, because it might be that these people have heard of you before, and they've already decided that they want to see you because they've seen a bit of an insight into you, which is more of a trust signal than just someone else saying like,
2: oh, you should see these people. Mm. Or even if they haven't seen you on social, you kind of you want something to make you stand out from the noise from the crowd. So when like emailing them or messaging them back, like send through links to your profiles or recent work that you've done or something to make you stand out from the crowd and make them want to come and see you.
0: What kind of subjects are you looking to do in the next couple of months? Are there particular topics you're, you're looking forward to covering?
1: I mean, the one that jumps to mind for me is AI, right? That's just <laughs> an ongoing, ever-changing topic that we're, we've got like an AI team because It's just such an important tool to be using in our industry, so that's going to be a huge one, I think. Mm.
2: And I think as well, like thinking what time of year it is, Mm. we're going to be talking about the infamous Black Friday, how that's approaching, Mm -hmm. because that's a big week in our calendars. And then, dare I say it, but looking at Christmas as well. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there's lots coming up, which yeah, it's exciting.
0: Excellent. No, that's great. I mean, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. Really useful. It's good to have it. Yeah. and I mean, like I said, I enjoyed the podcast on, you talk about Canva and Adobe Mm. and kind of what you can do. Yeah. It's kind of amazing how much kind of Canvas seems to change the last couple of years where it was kind of very small, kind of very basic kind of stuff. And now it's, it's kind of, you know, you can kind of almost do everything on it.
1: Yeah. It's really catching up. I do, I do think in terms of sometimes like how precise you can be when like cutting around an image of that kind of thing, Adobe still has the edge, but for general use for like everyone in the industry i think it's amazing how far it's come
0: thanks for listening if you enjoyed this check out our other episodes where we speak to people in a wide range of creative endeavors about how they try and make creativity pay